Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in to the broadcast today. Do I have a sermon for you today? And it's only part one. It's going to take two weeks to do this. It's entitled, Beware of the Dead Prayer Request File. Have you ever been praying for answers in your life, but nothing is happening? Maybe because your prayer went to the dead letter file. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe you didn't pray right. I'm going to teach you how to pray God's way. And when you pray God's way, you get God's answer. So call a friend, tell them to turn that television on. They're going to be blessed by the power of God. I'm asking all of you to get pencil and paper. Take notes on this because many of you need your prayers answered and you wonder why it didn't happen. So let's go into part one of Beware of the Dead Prayer Request Files. James chapter four, I want to start reading just one verse, verse three. He said, you ask and you receive not. See, that's not supposed to be. That should never happen. You ask and you receive not because, and he gives you an answer, you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. So there's such a thing as bad prayers. As such a thing as a dead prayer file because you ask amiss. And I want to deal with four different things how people ask amiss. And I want you to write this down and give me some room. Number one, when prayer is thought as a, a sort of a charm, that is praying amiss. Write that down. When prayer is thought as a sort of a charm, that is praying amiss. Leave some room there because we're going to preach on that. Number two, when prayer becomes merely a formal thing, that's praying amiss. When you're just saying it because you've been taught to say it. It's formal. Let me say number one, when prayer is thought as a sort of a charm, that's praying amiss. Number two, when prayer becomes merely a formal thing, that's praying amiss. Number three, when prayer is prayed to be seen of men or people. That's praying amiss. I want to put that, leave some room between these things because I want to deal with some points in that. Let me go to number one again. When prayer is thought as a sort of a charm, that's praying amiss. When prayer becomes merely a formal thing, that's praying amiss. And when prayer is prayed to be seen of man or people, that's praying amiss. Then number four, I'm going to end it with this. We must be full of the spirit of submission to God's will. Prayer is not for idle people. Write that down. When we must be full of the spirit of submission to God's will. See, every prayer is an act of your submission to the will of God. Prayer is not for idle people. Some people just pray just to pray because they're idle. They have nothing else to do and they don't really have any flavor in the prayer. They're just being homiletical, hermeneutical, philosophical, theological, or go to church on Sunday because mama said. You see what I'm saying? It's just a normal thing you do it on Sunday. That's just the way it is. I want to deal with that. He said, and I want to read verse 3 of James 4 again. You ask and receive not. That should not be. You should always receive because you ask amiss. And why? That you may consume it upon your lust. So number one, when prayer is thought as a sort of a charm, that's praying amiss. You see, vain repetitions may sound good, or vain repetitions, they sound good, but they're no good because there's no meaning in it. 
It's like memorizing something instead of learning something. You ever notice when you studied and crammed to, make, to, to, to pass that final exam? And the day you passed it, you don't remember a thing you said after you studied? See, that was just trying to just get past the thing. Vain repetitions. It sounds good, but it has no meaning in it. So write this down, number one. Prayer is not to be selfish or for the satisfaction of corrupt appetites. That's how you pray amiss. Prayer is not to be selfish or for the satisfaction of corrupt appetites. You'd be surprised how many people have corrupt appetites in their prayer. They're not praying so God can answer them. They want people, I mean, they, 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 you, you can see the corruptness of the prayer, and that's why it gets to the prayer dead file, because God will not be moved by corrupt appetites. See, prayer is not to be selfish. And a lot of times, prayer is selfish in some people's minds, or for the satisfaction of corrupt appetites, you see. You see, you got to remember, when I was growing up, they taught me to pray, but it was very repetitious. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Now, I'm not, I'm not against Mary, just vain repetition. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive our trespasses. We forgive those who trespass. How many of y'all prayed it that fast? You see what I'm saying? Good prayer, but no meaning. Just repetitious, idle. You follow what I'm saying? And why are you praying it? So you can get out with three Hail Marys and three Our Fathers. How many have been Catholic at least once? Okay, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. How about the Protestant? Oh, Jesus, help me, Lord. Help me. Oh, let's go send some more. So when you finish praying, come up, cry like a crazy, walk out the church before you know it, you had all kinds of sin again. Mm. Prayer is not to be selfish. See, that's selfish prayer. Or for the satisfaction of corrupt appetites. You see, people want money. There's nothing wrong with wanting money because you live in the economic world. But what is it for? What is the appetite saying? Is it corrupt? Have you ever drank spoiled milk? You took a taste of that. Oh. You know? I mean, it didn't take you long to figure out, spit this out. You see what I'm saying? Write this down. To pray insincerely is a lack of faith, earnestness, or surrendering our being to God. See, that's praying amiss. To pray insincerely is a lack of faith or earnestness or surrendering our being to God. See, when you pray, you must be in total submission and surrender to who God is because you're coming before a holy God. And what did he say? Be ye holy, for I am holy. He said, you asked and you received. Now, maybe that's the reason why. Because you asked and missed. Why? Consuming it on your own lust. Let me start over again. When prayers thought to be a sort of a charm, you try to charm God. That's praying amiss. And that's done through vain repetitions. Prayers not to be selfish or for the satisfaction of corrupt appetites. You know, God don't mind you having a new car. You can have a new house. There's none of those kinds of things. But was it for to show off or to fulfill your dreams? To say, look what the Lord has done in my life. Can you believe this? Or I'll tell you one thing. You could become like me. I don't know if you'll get there. Don't shout me down. See, prayer is not to be selfish. Or for the satisfaction of corrupt appetites. 
To pray insincerely is a lack of faith, earnestness, or surrendering our being to God. That's why you ask God to forgive you, and, and 10 minutes later, you're committing the same sin again because it was an insincere prayer. It had no faith in it. There was no earnestness in it. And before you know it, you're doing exactly the same thing because there's no submission to the prayer. Do you see that? And that's why I want to answer that question because many people say, I prayed, but it didn't happen. How did you pray? What did you pray? Why did you pray? So you got to know these things so you can understand how God functions and operates. It's not the service of the lips. It is the transformed of the mind or the transformation of the mind, which God regards. It's not the service of the lips. It is the transformation of the mind. Be not conformed to this world, but you're transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see? So it's not the service of the lips. It is the transformation of the mind, which God regards. Now, what God regards a transformed mind. Do you see that? See, when you pray like that, then you won't pray amiss. A very few prayers I've ever prayed that I was not answered. I don't mean that arrogantly or pridefully. But when I went before a holy God, I went this morning before a holy God. I went up in the, I have a chapel in my home. And me and Kathy, I asked Kathy, come on up, I'm going to take holy communion. It was a wonderful communion service that me and Kathy had before the Lord. Because it was prayed through a transformed mind, a crucified body. You see what I'm saying? And it pleased the Lord. It wasn't a charm trying to get him to do something. There was no corrupt appetite in it. The prayer was full of faith, full of earnestness, Ooh. total surrender to who he is. And after we finished taking communion, we just sat in there in his presence for a few minutes. Why? Instead of just saying, see you later, Jesus. Bye. You see what I'm saying? See, but when you don't do these things, that's praying amiss. That's why sometimes you don't receive the prayer you believe in God for. And you may really need that, but it isn't you're trying to charm God. Have you had your kids try to charm you? Now you understand what I'm talking about. I mean, have you, sometimes your kids are just coming and say, oh, Mom, I just love you. And you just do anything. But they, now you got some slick kids every once in a while. They say, hey, if I tell her this, or <laughs> she'll do it. You know. <laughs> See, sometimes if Kathy wants me to do something, she charms me. <laughs> she'll say, you know, and I'll go, here it comes. Here it comes. I know it's coming. <laughs> but that's all right. I'm used to it. She doesn't have any corrupt appetites, but she wants everything I have. She'll walk into my office and start looking around. I'll say, get out of here. You're not taking nothing out of this office. This is my office. Leave it alone. You know, but that would look so much better over there. Close your eyes and you won't know it existed. Come on, men, help me out, you bunch of wimps. I know it happens to you too. It happens to you too. Just looking. Number two, when prayer becomes merely a formal thing, that's praying amiss. What does that mean? It is possible to ask for wisdom, not to glorify God, but to exalt yourself, to lift up your pride and importance. See, the Pharisees were known for that. That's praying amiss. It is possible to ask for wisdom, not to glorify God, because the Bible says, if any man like wisdom, let him ask of God but to exalt yourself, to lift up your praise and importance so people can see how you pray. Yeah. It's not to exalt God, not to say, oh, Lord, you, you're everything. 
but to exalt yourself so people can see that. I've seen that around, I've seen that in a lot of ministers. They want to be known, not for the God that's in them, but of their importance. And they have that kind of air about them. Let me bless you with my presence. They don't want none of that. That's not, that's not exalting God whatsoever at all. It is possible to ask for wisdom, not to glorify God, but to exalt yourself, to lift up your praise and importance. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, stay small in your own eyes. Kathy's told me that many, many times. She said, Jesse, you don't, you don't realize who you are. Well, yeah, I know who I am. I'm Jesse the planet. That's it. But I mean, I don't think of myself as a big shot. I don't think of myself as a global, uh, even though I am global in my ministry. But a lady came up to me Friday night on my birthday. My friend asked me to marry him. Well, I ain't going to let him live in lust. He wasn't doing that, but I said, I'll tie this knot so tight and then you can enjoy yourself. You know, what the mother of the uh, lady said to me, oh, God, you are celebrity. People were coming up to me like crazy at this way. Who, Bridget, can I touch you? And one of them I said, I must have done something wrong because I, I believe I caused you to see me instead of see the Christ that's in me. Wasn't trying to be spiritual, but I recognize how Satan can get kind of slipping and go, hey, Jess, hey. You're such a celebrity. I said, I'm no celebrity at all. I said, out of 7.5 billion people, I'm saved. Just like everyone else that give their life to the Lord Jesus Christ. See, that's what I'm talking about. It is possible to ask for wisdom, not to glorify God. I'm saying it because many of you are writing it over. But to exalt yourself, to lift up your praise and importance. When I show people my home, I ask them. So I said, I, they just love it. They just can't get over it because it's, a, a, it's like a museum. It's a collection of me and Kathy's life. I guess you could say that we've, uh, over all these years, I, I buy a lot of artwork and different things and, you know, whatever. And, uh, but it's not to show off. I could care less about that. You know, in fact, Kathy said, you never let me have a party in here. I said, well, what are we, what, what, what we going to celebrate? You know what I'm trying to say? That kind of, and I understand, and nothing wrong with that. You know, we could have a big Christmas party. I said, yeah, we probably could. You know, that's not the issue. Never think about it. You know, you just get so busy. Christmas is very busy for me, you know, especially ministers of the gospel. It's a time, boy, I mean, you know, that you, you got God on your mind, and you're just flowing with it, you see. So, so I realized that... Uh, Everything I want to do, I don't want to exalt myself. I want to glorify the God that's in me. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And, and when you understand that, to, to lift up praise, not of myself, but to who he is. I've had people say, you, you, you sound like you actually met Jesus personally. I have. And so did you if you got born again. And he's not in heaven. He's living inside of you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's a wonderful thing. So it is possible to ask for wisdom, not to glorify God, but to exalt yourself, to lift up your pride and importance. You see, when you pray amiss, things happen. And I want you to write this point down. Never, everybody say never. Never, never degrade God to fulfill some evil desire and think that he will grant it. Write that down. That's very important. I'm going to give you a good example for that. Never degrade God to fulfill some evil desire and think that he will grant it. i never forget that. Here's the example that's a true story. When I got out of the music business and I, and I came home, uh, I uh, bought a little house. It was called on 104 Hellier Street 
Ain't that something to have a preacher living on Hellier Street? <laughs> you know? And it was 910, uh, 910 square feet. But I was proud of it, you know, because we gave all our money away, see? Because I made a lot of money in my life. But, you know, I wanted to be, I thought you had to be poor to be saved. And I got saved, so I gave, and that was fine. was no problem. Watch this now. I want to read the point again, and you're not, what I'm about to tell you is going to blow your socks off. Never degrade God to fulfill your evil desire and think that he will grant it. Well, me and Kathy, we saw no wrong in people. We got born again. We just love people, you know? I mean, my God, I thought everybody loved everybody. I found out they don't. Especially in church, church people, church people fight, boy. Oh, Lord, they get mad at each other, quit, leave, walk out, and go infect some other church. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Well, one of the head deacons came to our house. I was honored that he would come to my house because I'm a baby Christian. I got my pampers on. You know, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. <laughs> me and Kathy, him and his wife came in, had another couple with him. I can't remember who they were, but I remember him. Now, he was mad at the pastor, angry at him because he's a head deacon. See, he was deacon possessed. You got that revelation. But we don't know because we baby Christians. We just honored that the head deacon of the church would come and his wife and friend. And they said, Brother Jessa, that's how he talked, Brother Jessa, a lot of people really like you in the church. That I should have picked up on, but I didn't because he's a little concerned about that. And I don't know why, because I might get a position without asking him or something like that. And he said, you know, our pastor, we, we don't really care for at all. Now, that kind of shocked me and Kathy. We just kind of, what? We weren't expecting that. You know, Betty, we didn't, what did he say? And, you know, uh, you know he makes me angry. Now, watch this. And so he said, I, I want to pray for him. So we all, remember that guy? We took hands. And this we prayed, Lord, I ask you to kill this man. Am I telling the truth? I pulled my hands away from him. All of a sudden, my baby, I, my pampers went on. I had a full-blown suit on there for a second. <laughs> I said, you can get out of my house. Well, I'm going to tell you what I actually said. I said, get the hell out of my house. I could not believe that. You see, that's degrading God. I, I, I went, what? It still bothers me when I think about it. He was serious. And the couple, they said, well, we thought you would understand. I said, I do understand. You're full of hatred and malice. Now, you can get out of my house. Let me write the point here. Never degrade God to fulfill your evil desire. See, that was an evil, that's praying amiss. An evil desire. And think that he will grant it. Like as if he thought would grant it. If, if he went and prayed with someone that two of you agree on earth. And what he was mad about the pastor about, I found out later, was uh, he thought that the pastor had too much power. And I said, what kind of power? Well, too many people love it. He wanted to control. Isn't that something? I'm telling you a truth. I've never forgot that long as I ever lived. I felt like I wanted to go take a shower after he left to get that evil dirtiness off of me. Ladies and gentlemen, I will never forget that. I mean, that was the most amazing thing ever happened to me. That's what praying and asking a miss does. I can't stress that point enough. Never degrade God, fulfill some evil desire and think that he'll grant it. 
You have to avoid hatred and malice at all costs. The Lord said, pray for you and bless those that curse you. Pray for those that despitefully use you. That's a very important thing because you begin to pray amiss and then all of a sudden your prayers go to the dead letter file. You, I mean, talking about some good prayers because all this stuff is in front of it. Listen, all you have to do is ask yourself this. Is my prayer selfish? Am I praying for something to satisfy some corrupt appetite that's around me or in me? You must be sincere, earnest, and submissive in your prayer life to God. Now, I know sometimes that's not easy because there's some people, they're not thorns in the flesh, they're complete bushes. You know it and I know it. But let me tell you something about prayer. Prayer is a gift and language of God. It is God's language. And it's my joy to pray with you on this program. I want to pray right now so you can get your prayers answered. And maybe one day God can throw away that dead letter file because you might have been praying wrong all that time. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you to minister greatly to people right now that they'll always be sincere and earnest, Lord, and, and not pray in an in a, in a, in a ugly way in any way, shape, or form because judgment is not our business. And Father, I thank you today that love is our business and we will love those that hate us and pray for those that despitefully use us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Now, this is only just part one of this program. Part two is even greater next week. I'm telling you, that's why so many times prayers are not answered because they, they go to the dead letter file. God said, I can't answer this. This is totally against my word. This is totally against everything I believe. This is totally everything I've ever said. Why? Because of a corrupt appetite or a selfishness. And, you know, and maybe you're just mad. Who knows, you know? Everybody has those kind of days including me. But you know, I said, devil, I rebuke you in Jesus' name, and I'll not do that. Now, you stay right there. I want to show you some wonderful things that are happening here at Jesse the Planet's Missions. I'll be back in just a minute to speak another word to you. I hope you're enjoying this. Take some notes, because everyone needs to hear this message so you can get your prayers answered. So what's next, ladies and gentlemen? So much more. You got to keep your vision moving. You got to keep your faith growing. Don't compromise and don't settle. You're just getting started. Jesse Duplantis' 2022 Visionary Conference, July 14th and 15th at JDM International Headquarters, 1973 Armand Boulevard in Destrehan, Louisiana. Admission is free. Go to JDM.org and register today. Because God wants to take your vision to a new level. I believe that God has placed within each one of us a deep desire to live a better life. Whether it's a life free from pain, fear, or lack of any kind, God wants to bring that to pass for you. In my book, You Are Designed for Glorious Living, you'll discover how to achieve the better life God has for you. You know, long before you took your first breath, God had designs on you for glorious living. You are designed for glorious living. Available at JDM.org. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a new product. It's a new DVD entitled The Challenge of the Open Door. There's a divine open door for you. All you got to do is walk through it. Come on, take a leap of faith and walk through the door. It's a door that can change your life and bless God's kingdom. You need to get this. People say, you still, you still do DVDs? I do DVDs all the time. Think if you had Jesus on DVD. 
or John the Baptist or Peter, James, Paul. Wouldn't that be wonderful? My God, don't throw away your DVD player. My God, keep these things going. They will bless you. If you'd like to get this, all the order information is at jdm.org and you can get it. It's called The Challenge of the Open Door. Partners, what can I say? Through your faithful financial partnership, you have opened doors for me and Kathy to preach this gospel literally all over the world. We are reaching people, changing lives, one soul at a time. We don't just say that as a catchy phrase. We do that, we believe that, we manifest that. So I thank you today for all the faithful financial support you have done. You've heard me say it many, many times. We've been preaching 46 years and never had a financial deficit. Why? Because I trust you and you trust me and we both trust God. And when we got this trust coming together, guess what? God gives us things that we never thought we could ever have, spiritually, physically, or financially. God wants to bless you today. So partners, thank you. And if you know some other people, they want to be blessed because the anointing increases on me. Don't get mad at me. It ain't my fault. It's on me. Ask them. You need to be a partner with that ministry because God has been good and gracious. Also, for your June partnership, we have a popular message for you. And I love the title of this. Never fight an enemy that's already defeated. Why would you do that? That's a waste of spiritual energy. If you're struggling with the enemy in some area of your life, this message is going to set you free. How do I get that one? You go to our website at jdm.org to, to get it and you'll be blessed by it. I thank you for watching today. And partners, once again, thank you for sending us all over the world. I tell you what, man, we are doing some things for God. Not bragging on me, I'm bragging on Jesus. But I tell you, if we can get this gospel preached to the world, the end shall come. Partners, your faithful financial support is doing what Matthew 24, 14 says. When the gospel is preached to the world, the end shall come. Believe for the hundredfold. It's on me. It should come on you. Why not? Why would God give it to me and not give it to you? Till next week, part two, beware of the dead prayer request file. There's a world that needs to be saved. Our mission is to preach the gospel of Jesus to that world. That is why we here at Jesse the Planet's Ministries believe the unbelievable and operate in the impossible. God is continuing to direct us to expand our outreach to more people in more places and through more ways than ever before. We are advancing into the frontiers of ministry to change more lives through one simple question. Do you know Jesus. Listen to me, it is beginning. The light of Jesus is shining higher and brighter and further than ever. People from all over are responding to the message of Jesus. Nothing can stop the light of God's love from reaching people and changing lives.
Life is better when you never learn to doubt. In his new book, Jesse will show you how to shut doubt down. You can have more joy, more success, and full peace. I never learned to doubt. Now available at JDM.org. Prayer is no substitute for labor. It's the benediction. It's the blessing. It's the effort of human endeavor. Or in other words, wherever there's prayer, there's work. You get together and work with that prayer and produce it.